Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Character Diary. On this podcast, I have conversations with people from all different walks of life and hear their story. We dive deep into topics such as love and loss, success, and tragedy. The purpose of Character Diary is to spread love, connection, empathy, and stories, which, in my humble opinion, are some of the most important things in the world. Today, I am joined by Lisa ASMR. Lisa has had an ASMR YouTube channel since 2014. At the time of recording this episode, Lisa had just over 120,000 subscribers, and at the time of me editing this, she has 137,000 subscribers. Lisa posts a variety of content like scalp scratching, giantess ASMR roleplays, try-on videos, and belly sounds, which is something I never knew people enjoyed watching, but hey, if there's a market for it. Lisa also has a Patreon and OnlyFans and creates custom ASMR videos. Today, Lisa is going to be getting more personal than she ever has before. We are going to hear about her early life, her parents' divorce, the deaths of three important people in her life, her struggles with mental health, her relationships, her experiences on YouTube, and so much more. Lisa is so lovely because she's so open about everything. I'm sure every single one of y'all listening will find something to connect with in her. I know y'all are going to be fascinated by this episode, so let's begin. Okay, so Lisa, do you want to introduce yourself and tell us how you came into this world? Hi, I'm Lisa. I was born July 3rd in Ohio. I'm not exactly sure where because the hospital was supposedly built between towns depending on the wing you're in, or at least that's what I've been told. I have two great parents, one who have passed away. Um, They did divorce before I was a year old, though. And they've both remarried. (laughs) And I have an older sister that I'm extremely close with and two younger half-sisters and a stepbrother that I don't really count as family. He's kind of dead to me, Um, but we may get into that later. And I grew up in Ohio and partially Indiana as well. Right from the start, life threw a variety of challenges at you. We're going to get into all of them, but let's start at the beginning. Your parents got divorced before you were even a year old. I know that is something that a lot of people can relate to. My parents also aren't together, except mine got separated when I was 11. Right now, let's talk about your parents' divorce and how that impacted you and how their dating lives impacted you. Yeah, so I guess I'm fortunate that I wasn't old enough to, like, hear the arguments, unfortunately, like, you had to deal with. Um, But since they divorced so young, it was normal to me because I didn't know at that age that parents were supposed to be together in an odd, weird sense. Like, I had my grandparents who were together, but it was just, it was normal to me to be uh, living with my mom and seeing my dad every other weekend. And, um their dating lives like before they got married like they dated nice people um my mom I didn't really I don't really remember seeing the people that she was dating but I mean once again I was really young six and younger and my dad I just remember meeting one woman before he married um my step my current well my current and only stepmother um and that woman was really nice um, so probably didn't make it easy on my stepmother because I always said, oh, why can't you be like my Beth? <laughs> um, but really, the, the divorce didn't really impact me. Um, it, as other people would think, because I didn't know until I was older that, oh, yeah, you're supposed to be living with both parents. And here I am, like, visiting every other one. Um, and then when my mom passed away, um, my dad had to go to court and get custody of us. And then we had partial custody with my mom's side of the family, so we would see them once every three weeks. So your mom ended up with a man who was abusive and just an overall disgusting human being. When you explained how he interacted with you and your sister, I was appalled and just wanted to give you a big hug. I know this is probably difficult to revisit, but if you're comfortable, do you want to talk about that? Yeah. Um... Uh, I'm pretty much an open book, so I don't mind talking about it. Um, He is a 
POS, <laughs> to be quite frank. Um, it's just like he, I first saw him be abusive to his own son and the apple doesn't fall far from the tree and that's why they both are dead to me now. Um, he threw his son and into furniture and stuff and he, like the worst like, he would give me atomic wedgies, which is really weird and kind of gross to think about. And it's things that you see in movies, but he literally did it. I don't remember why. I don't even think there would be a point to it. He would just grab my underwear, literally put it over my face that I'm wearing, and I would I couldn't see, so I'd, like, run into a dresser trying to get it off. And some people, like, might blame my mother for, like not um divorcing him or immediately or whatever but I don't blame her I've worked in a victim shelter before I've also read the stats um I've also was previously in a mentally abusive relationship that almost turned physically abusive um you don't know until you're in that situation why people do what they do but I know like he was willing to pick me up and throw me and I, my head hit the wall and my back hit metal prongs on a plug and that was really painful and if he can do that to a young kid I can only imagine what he'd be willing to do to an adult woman so I'm glad that she didn't but she was planning to divorce him after she had their child um the reason why she couldn't though is because she actually passed away during childbirth she internally hemorrhaged and bled to death um the doctors gave her too much, or I don't, doctors or nurses, I don't know who, gave her too much medicine and her blood wasn't clotting, so she bled to death. But my younger half-sister survived. When you were six years old, something unimaginable happened to you. In the span of 30 days, your grandmother, mother, and best friend all passed. Like I just said, that is simply unimaginable to most people. You're honestly a goddamn warrior for making it through that. I know it happened many years ago, but I just want to express my deepest condolences for that experience. If it's not too painful, talk about that month and its impact on you. I'll give a little bit background on my grandfather and everything because he was a huge impact on my life beforehand and I didn't realize how big of an impact until I grew up, but he had his own... Um, he was a psychiatrist maybe maybe just a psychologist and he had his own practice and my mother was the secretary and he would have my sister and me like bring in the patient charts to him and um that was like my first initial exposure to someone helping others who need help and um so he was actually the first person who passed away and he passed away from, I believe, a stroke. And there was a hospital that he didn't want to go to because he said, if you go there, you're going to die. It's just how it works. But unfortunately, when the ambulance came to pick him up, that was the hospital he went to and he did pass away. Um, then I went to school. I was in first grade at the time, so I was six. And my best friend knew about my grandfather passing because obviously we're best friends. And um, she was there for me, was supporting me. And then one morning she was walking to school and she was right in front of the school. And actually one of her friends, um, aunt, was the one who ran her over. And she died from being brain dead. Um, and that was a lot. Like, and when my grandfather passed away, like that was my first experience with death. So... I, at a very young age, started to understand, like, when someone dies, you don't ever see them again. And they had the counselors there to help people with grieving and everything, but, like, you're still so young, it's just, like, it's still very new, and I was, I don't know, I was, I don't really remember how I coped with her death, and then um, my mother gave birth to my younger half-sister, and what's... I think probably the most frustrating experience with my mother's death that my sister and I have is the fact that we are her children and we were the last ones to know that she died. 
our cousins knew and before us and like I understand like brothers her brother knowing obviously her mother and my dad but my stepdad was the one who decided that we didn't need to know at that time and everyone knew but us and um I honestly like time I was like is it a day a month a week a year like how long has it been since I've seen my mom and they pull us aside and they said we need to talk to you about your mother and I said what like is she gone like grandpa meaning like she's I'm never gonna see her again she's never coming back and uh sorry um so then my stepdad um, he's the one who decided that we shouldn't go to her wake. And that makes me so mad now because I didn't, I wasn't given that opportunity. I wasn't asked if I wanted to go. I was just never informed there was one. We were able to go to the funeral, luckily, but I just like, looking back, like it's just so frustrating. Like there was an open casket for people to say goodbye, have their closure, and they didn't do that for me. Like, they didn't allow me to have that. So, for <laughs> 13 years, I think it was, uh, I didn't know that I actually did get to say goodbye to my mom. Um, so, <laughs> sorry. Um, my mamita, she told me that uh, my mom did wake me up before she went to the hospital to say goodbye. So, when she told me that, that was my first and only time I have ever cried happy tears <laughs> in my life, I think. So it was nice to know that. Um, oh, sorry. And now, like, getting back to, like, how else it affects me. Um, so I guess, like, all their deaths, like, immediately, it's what opened me up to know what death was. I, I didn't become depressed at that point in my life, but I did have abandonment issues. So, like, um, we would move around a lot have new schools and I wasn't like I was really really shy so it's kind of hard for me to have friends but when I get friends it's like you have to promise me you will never abandon me because it would scare me and I was just so used to it because like death is a form of abandonment that's not even chosen it just is um but <laughs> um my dad like he loved us very well. He was really good at, like, treating us fairly. I do feel bad for him, um, for the fact of, like, sometimes I would cry before, like, my mom passed away. Like, I'd be like, oh, I just want to be with mom, and that's not fair to him because, like, he gave up so much for us. Like, he would give up promotions. He would give up um, moving to a different state to help him get promotions. He wouldn't go out to the bars with his friends because he knew he had two kids to take care of. Like, he is a great father and I owe him so much um that's just it's so much for such a young kid to deal with and I'm so sorry you didn't get to go to the wake that it's honestly heartbreaking so on this podcast we're very pro therapy and I'm just wondering did you go to therapy after that and was it beneficial for you yes um I think it was court ordered actually for us to go get therapy um, so we started, we got grief counseling and like I said, I was only six years old and to me, I just, I didn't really take advantage of it because I was so young. I didn't really know. I just sat there and played with toys cause that's part of the child counseling. My sister did some talking and, uh, from then on. Like, I, I've been in and out of counseling a lot throughout my life. Um, last time I've been in counseling was in college. But um, not, like, some of it is from, like, everyone dying. But it's because I've grown so attached to the family that I have because I've lost so much family that um, I, like, I'm a huge daddy's girl. Like, I almost stayed in the same state and went to college um, there so I could be with him so he wouldn't be alone, even though, I mean, like, technically he had 
uh, stepmom, my stepmom and younger half sister. But at that time, like my stepmom and I were clashing and I just felt like I didn't want him to deal with that burden by himself. But, um, like I've just, I've gotten closer. I could probably still use therapy for like how I deal with my emotions. And, uh, some of those times that like I need therapy is because, and I'm sure we'll get into this later. It's like, I would self-inflict because I felt like I was a failure of a daughter just because of how my stepmom would like make me feel. So you just mentioned your history with, you know, self-harm and self-infliction. And you did mention to me, you've had some serious like mental health issues in the past. And I'm just going to give you the floor to talk about all of that and how that's maybe impacted you now in your current day life. Before I play Lisa's answer, I just want to give a trigger warning because this does go very in detail about Lisa's history with self-harm. So if you are someone who isn't in the best mental state right now, it might be a good idea for you to skip this portion. So self-infliction, that probably started when I was around 13 when we moved to um, Indiana. Um, That happened just because like... I don't know if it was my birthday or it was about to be my birthday. It was really, like, honestly kind of silly. Um, but my we were supposed to go to church, and I didn't want to go to church. And my dad was just so frustrated with me. And like I said, like, I'm really close to family, and, like, I'm a huge daddy's girl now because of losing my mom and important people in my life. And um, it was, like, almost a constant, well... I won't say constant, but my stepmom and I would fight a lot. So, like, having him, like, be angry at me was just, like, over the top. And we just moved to this new state. And I had no one there. And I was just depressed. And I was like, I need to feel something. And my cousin, um, she was already self-inflicting at the time. And I told her not to do it. Like, there's no point in it. And then there I am doing it. And um, it was just, like, a release for me. And at that time, I didn't know that I just made one of the worst mistakes in my life because cutting is extremely addicting. It gives off a warm sensation that you don't really get anywhere else. And well, I mean, at least from that situation, I don't know. I, this is the only thing I've ever been addicted to. And um it makes you want to do it again and again. But I told myself, like, you like you, you, wouldn't think that you would have to promise yourself this, but I, I did. I said, like, I will not cut myself unless I have a reason to cut myself. And from then on, um, any time that I would feel like I wasn't worth something, like, or if my stepmom, like, would make comments that would make me feel like, if my mother was alive, like she wouldn't be proud of who I was. Um, I would cut myself and, um, it would just be like a release It's something that I could control. I could punish myself for not being good enough. And it was allowing me to like release the emotions that I was screaming inside that wasn't able to be physically seen. And then they could be physically seen. And, uh, there's a point in my life where, I did write enough on my left arm because that was the point where, like, me and my best friend, she started cutting too. We were like, okay, we're done. We're not going to do it anymore. (laughs) And so I wrote, like, enough as, like, a final closure bit for cutting. And then um, I don't remember why, but I got back into cutting again. And um, I was able to stop for a while. Well, during that time, I wrote, like, failure into my forearm and unlovable in my other forearm and then I was dating I started dating a senior when I was a freshman and he made me promise him like I wouldn't cut myself that he was always there for me and he was going to support me emotionally and stuff so I was able to lean on him and vent and rage and um, I stopped cutting for a while and then we broke up And that was a horrible breakup. I don't know if we're getting into that later or not. But uh, so then I dated another guy and he honestly didn't care if I cut or not. And 
I moved across country and we were still dating, but then he stopped talking to me and I was depressed because this is a new state and I didn't know anyone. And my stepmom kind of had me on like lockdown. The only time I was allowed to leave the apartment was to go looking for jobs. I was miserable. Um, and I um, cut mistake into my thigh really big. And then I told myself, you know what? Like I didn't cut for two and a half, three years. Like, why would I get back into this? And so I had to become mentally strong enough for myself to stop. Um, I will say, like, there have been times where, like, I did take uh, broken glass to college because I was like, you know, like, maybe I just need this little bit of safety net just in case I do need to release, like, my feelings again and there's no way else. And, like, I I used to have suicidal thoughts when I was a teenager. Um, and I just, I went to counseling, college counseling. The person I was stuck with, the therapist, she didn't do anything for me. And I could have requested a different therapist, but I didn't. And that's, that's on me. But I just didn't want to hurt the therapist's feelings by saying, oh, hey, you're not helping me. I need somebody else. And I just don't like hurting people's feelings. So I was like, I'll just try and figure this out on my own. Um, but fortunately, uh, I didn't cut again. I just, you have to have like a really strong support system to stop cutting and to keep yourself mentally strong. And you have to remember that you're not alone. It will get better. It might take a long freaking time, but it will eventually get better sometimes it takes months sometimes it might take a year but it does and um for people who have ever debated on cutting don't do it it's not worth it if you're actually picking up the razor knife glass whatever you use put it down because it's not worth it you just get the get the help you need i guess that's what i should just say now we're going to get into talking about your experiences with love and relationships. So you had your first real boyfriend when you were a freshman in high school and he was a senior. Talk about that. Yeah, so, I mean, if we're counting middle school relationships, then he's technically my second one, but I've always been told you don't count middle school, so um, I count him as, like, my first real relationship. Um so yeah, as I was stating, like he was a senior, I was a freshman. I broke girl code, not gonna lie. Um, <laughs> someone that I was kind of acquaintances with, we weren't really friends. She was actually dating him. She was also a freshman, but she was older than me. Um, and she wanted to move really fast. And I told him, I was like, if you don't wanna move fast, like don't do it, like it's your life. And one of my other friends, like, actually one of my good friends, did like him. And I knew she liked him. So really, girl code is like, you don't try and date someone that one of your friends likes. Well, she, uh, they broke up, him and that other girl. And then we started dating. <laughs> so luckily, my other friend, she wasn't mad at me or anything. And, like, my one of my teachers gave us well, gave me such a hard time because he wasn't in the class with me. Um, he was like, oh, like, what kind of senior would date a freshman? Only a type that are um, scum and everything like that. And uh, it would make me feel really awkward. So then um, I found out that my stepmom was calling him and talking to him for, like, a long time and telling him like he's poison to me and he needs to break up with me and all of this stuff and that just made me more angry <laughs> and um then like throughout the relationship we dated for two and a half years and he was a little bit flirty with some of my friends and I look back and I was like oh a 14 year old should have been dating a 17 year old but at the time I was like oh I'm dating a senior look at me and uh so anyways fast forward a little bit so he every time I'd go visit my family back in Ohio like I said once every three weeks he would get one like MySpace because you know MySpace was huge back in the day 
and <laughs> um, he would be flirting with these girls. And I would call him out on it. And he's like, oh, it's nothing, it's nothing. Or I pretend it's you. And I'm like, really? Like, you don't need to pretend it's me. I give you compliments all the time. Like, you're crazy. So anyways, um, I'd be very close to breaking up with him. I would let the mixed CDs that he'd create for me, like, speak for him. I was so naive. And um, then I was... 16 it was the day before my driver's ed test or driver's test and my sister called me up and she said did you see uh his conversation with this girl that uh they went to school with it's like a porno and um they're talking about like dick swords or whatever and like smacking each other with the dick and I was just like okay I guess too much like this whole relationship, like, I loved you, you're my first love, two and a half years, like, I thought we were going to get married, blah, 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 so we talked about it, and you keep doing this all the time, so I finally ended up breaking up with him, and that is actually when I first had my first bout of depression, like, all the other things, I would just be severely sad, but this time, like, I was depressed, and I was depressed for months, and I would just cry and cry. And he told me we could work it out. And I was like, I don't know. I don't think you changed. And he's like, I changed, I changed. So I told my sister, I said, I don't really believe him. She said, here, let me help you out. She catfished him for me. Because <laughs> she's awesome. <laughs> and uh, she pretended to be somebody. And she messaged him. And he's like, yeah, let's like go on a date. I feel like I've known you forever. While he's telling me that he loves me and he wants to be back with me. So I was like, screw that. Not getting back with you. And um, But I still had deep feelings for him. Because like, once again, he was my first love. And I was with him for so long. And I literally thought we were going to get married. And, um, he started dating another person and she was so insecure about me, I guess, looking back at it now, she would get on his email and email me and she would talk about how his parents loved her so much more than they ever loved me and how, um, I'm nothing to him and, that I just need to stay away from him. And he worked at a grocery store that we always went to. And she's like, I'm going to get a restraining order on you. So then I was going to college. That was back when I was a junior or senior. I was a senior. So then I was going to college. And he started emailing me again. And I was like, you know what? Like, you're, I appreciated you as a friend. Maybe we can be a friend. And he was dating someone I knew. And um, I wasn't friends with her. I just knew her. So then he came to visit me while I was in college. And we were having fun. Like, it was just a fun time. A lot of laughs. And then he started getting flirty. And I was like, you know, like, I'm curious. Like, what would he do? Like, has he really changed, like he said? Or is he the same dirty, nasty, sleazy person that he's been since he and I were dating? So we were watching a movie together. And he starts massaging me, and I'm like, okay, like, one, you don't do that when you're dating somebody unless, like, it's very, like, a friendly, like, just friends type of massage. He's going, like, full back, and then he starts to try and, like, take off my shirt. Oh, my gosh. I jumped up so quick, and um, I was like, no, no, we're not doing this. And it was so late, like, I allowed him to spend the night in the dorm, and I had the dorm by myself because my uh, first roommate that I had moved out. And so he slept in the other bed and like, I couldn't sleep. I felt so, I felt sleazy. I felt disgusting. I felt dirty. And I literally went up to a whole different floor and I just sat there awake and I was like, oh my God. So then early in the morning, I drove him back to his car and I found out his girlfriend's email and I emailed her and I said, hey, like, I just want to let you know what happened because if I was in your shoes, I'd want someone to tell me. And this is what went down. I'm so sorry. And I wanted to see if he changed and he hasn't. And I just don't want you to get hurt. Well, she told him and he got mad at me for telling her. And she stuck it out with him even after I told her all that for a while. 
I don't know how long, but it was quite some time before they broke up. So <laughs> that's his and my relationship. <laughs> so you had a couple of boyfriends in college, and the first one was a really good guy. Talk about him and that relationship. Yeah, so um, I met my college sweetheart when I was a junior in college. I didn't date anybody beforehand because everyone else just wanted to hit it and quit it, and I wasn't about that life. <laughs> so uh, I just was waiting, I guess, or I just, I don't know. I had to figure out, like, there was a difference. Is, college was when I realized there's a difference between charming guys and genuine guys. And charming guys are the ones that will say what they, uh, they know that you want to hear to get what they want. Genuine guys will just say whatever they're genuinely feeling and actually holds meaning to them and they're not trying to get you in bed or something. Um, so that was when I met my, well, I met my college sweetheart and honestly, like he was a freshman and I wasn't attracted to him at first. We were just friends and then we'd like do homework together and watch like Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and um, we'd be hanging out almost like every day. And then just slowly, like I fell for him. He fell a lot quicker because <laughs> like only after like two days of dating, he was like, I love you. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> and he's like, I love you. And I was like, I love you too. <laughs> and uh, he told me later, he's like, you know, like if you don't love me yet, you don't have to say it. You can wait until you actually mean it. But I'm going to keep telling you I love you because that's how I feel. And I said, okay. And, uh, you know, it was just, like, really eye-opening. Like, he was okay with, like, me taking the pace that I wanted to go. He was all in. He was all loving and everything like that. And he was damn near perfect. So close to being perfect. Um, smart guy. I was able to have intellectual conversations with him. But he, there was some things that he just didn't like. And that's tattoos. And when we met, I didn't have any tattoos. And he didn't like drinking because of a situation that happened when he was younger. So he's against drinking and he's a sober person and everything. And all, I'm not against that at all. Like, good for people being sober. Good for you for being straight edge. That's fine. That's your choice. I'm not going to um, say anything wrong against it because there's nothing wrong against it. But what his issue was is if I wanted to get a drink or if I wanted to get a tattoo. And I now have two tattoos. And when my sister is buying me a tattoo for my college graduation gift, he was like, um, skin is beautiful without tattoos. You're ruining it. You don't need um, a tattoo to remember. You can just remember yourself, blah, blah, blah. And then like, he almost ruined my 21st birthday. And because he was just so against drinking and I'm like oh my gosh dude like I, I love you as a person uh, and everything but at this point like you're just so focused on me making sure that I'm not doing what you're against right now and it's so frustrating and he didn't quite understand my depression either like he did his best but there was issues with that at times but overall, like, he's an amazing person. And um, I would love to be his friend again in the future whenever he's ready for that. He's not ready for it, but it's it's okay with me. Um, he's such a good guy. Um, but I felt that he deserved better than me because he just was so loving. And I started to feel like I was settling and that's not fair to him when he has so much love to give. And I think that people deserve to have, I, I know like there's no such thing supposedly as equal love, but I think he deserved more than what I could give because I would be months without seeing him and then I'd go visit him and he'd be like running up to me so excited. And I'm just like, I'm not that excited to see you. And he deserves that. So that's my relationship with him. <laughs> How long was your relationship with him? I dated him for two years or just a little over two years. And we had two breaks. No, we just had maybe one break and it was a three month break in there. And I don't believe in breaks anyways. So I don't know. I, I think I just didn't want to break his heart. 
And then I was like, but he's a really good guy and I could see myself marrying him. I just need to get over my depression. And then when the two year and one month came around, I was like, okay, no, like it's just not going to work out. Also, you mentioned that you have tattoos, and I really love tattoos, so I was just wondering, you know, if you have any meaning behind your tattoos, or if, you know, you just think they look pretty, which both are valid. (laughs) So, I have a hot air balloon tattoo on my ribs. It was the first tattoo I got, and it's like a sister tattoo, because she has one too, and it's kind of to commemorate our father, a living commemoration if you will, um, because he would take us to hot air balloon festivals and we just have so much fun. And it was a time where we had like no cares in the world and we were just happy and great memories from it. And I also like to attach like a mother memory, like part of it to it because I don't have a tattoo for my mom. And I just like to think like she's in the clouds. So that's why like hot air balloons are usually in the clouds. Um, my other tattoo, it's another personal one. Um, it's one that I actually came up with on my own. I did not create the drawing of it because I suck artistically, (laughs) but I came up with the idea. Um, it's a compass inside of a ship helm with rope and, um, the artist actually came up with the idea of adding wildflowers to it, which I wasn't sure because I'm not really a girly girl. I'm more of a tomboy. And um, so, but she drew it out for me and I actually really liked it. And it's to remind me that no matter how lost I feel, how depressed I am, I will always find my way back. And I might not be the same person when I come out, but... I will be able to find my way back home and it will be okay. And just a little like side note for the first tattoo on the hot air balloon. I did want the person to like the artist, it was a different artist to add ropes to it and like write just breathe on it because, or in the ropes because breathing is the easiest and yet most hardest thing that some people like myself have to do and um they refuse to do it and i just want to say like if you're going to get a tattoo make sure that you go to an artist who wants to fulfill what your ideas are don't let them like tell you oh no you're going to regret that or oh no don't do that like if you want something make sure you find an artist who is willing to make your dreams come true or your tattoo come to life and um not like he literally told me he's like since this is your first tattoo and it's on the ribs which is the most painful place we're going to do an easier one not such a complex one and he didn't want to do any of the ones that I pointed out like I'm okay with I'm I'm happy with the tattoo that I have but it wasn't what I like really wanted but I'm happy with it if that makes sense (laughs) so after dating your college sweetheart You dated a guy who, unfortunately, was nowhere near as good as the last. Do you want to talk about that relationship? So I met him online, and I thought he was a cool guy. At first, I just, like, wanted a friendship or whatever. And then I was like, oh, he's actually really attractive. (laughs) So I was like, okay, let's just see where this goes. And he, like, from everything I dealt with as a young person... I felt like I had to grow up fast. And so I felt like I never got to really be childish um, just because like my stepmom had like her strict rules and everything. I felt like I couldn't fully be a child looking back. And with him, I was like, oh, I can kind of be a little immature and I can have fun and I can actually feel my age instead of someone who's really mature for the age because that's what I get told all the time. And um So he didn't want a relationship and I was like, that's fine. Like, whatever, I can do this. I can be a non-relationship person. No, I can't. I don't like being not exclusive. Yeah, I don't like the uh, friends with benefits thing. It's not my thing. I've, like you said, I'm a relationship type of person. I'm not a person who doesn't like relationships. Um, So there were red flags along the way, like, he was talking, he, he was 20, he was younger than me. Um, I was 23 at the time, which I always told myself I wouldn't date someone younger. Oh, there I, there I went, breaking my own rules. I should have known better. Um, so 
was flirting with a 16 year old that he went to high school with and I was like ew like no stop but then like there's a Romeo and Juliet rule law whatever but still like in my mind I'm like you're 20 and she's still in high school like this is where you need to move on and you're talking to me I'm a 23 year old out of college like no offense but come on (laughs) and um he so then like we'd be talking whatever and I'd go over and um he asked me out I didn't answer yes but eventually it was just like whatever we're dating and he at first he was like I'm gonna tell you every day that you're beautiful and then it went from being sweet and also oh another thing sorry so backtracking um when he and I were just talking he would call me up and have me pick him up from a restaurant slash bar that he would be blacked out drunk and this is another thing like I don't want to be with someone who's an alcoholic just because I've my stepdad was always drinking smoking gambling like uh I mentioned well I didn't mention this particular one but Uh, He sold all the stuff that my mother ever gave us except my Charmander, which is my most prized possession, so he could have money to do all those things. So, like, I don't want to be personally with someone who does those actions because I just don't want to be in that situation again. So the fact that I should have just, like, woken up and been like, dude, what am I doing with myself Um, is bad because I would go quite often to go pick him up and he also was in a class because he got caught with weed (laughs) and uh I mean hey I don't have anything against weed if it helps you it helps you um whatever but um should do it legally just saying so you don't get in trouble (laughs) um but then he and I were together he got kicked out of his house so I my sister and I let him move in with us and um at parts of the time I'd have to pay for his rent um and he lost his license his license was suspended then he was driving under suspension so then I would have to drive him in between both my jobs to his job so um I would literally just come home in time not even be able to eat because I had to drive him to work and then rush over to my job and his mindset because of how um his mom treated him he's a mother mommy's girl or oh my gosh he's a mommy's boy wow I'm tired (laughs) um so (laughs) um so like how he was raised by her like she would be on like take care of him hand and foot whatever so he told me that after I'm done working both jobs I need to come home, I need to do his laundry, put it away, make dinner, leave a plate in the microwave for him, and do all the cleaning. And I said to him, I said, I don't live back in those days. We're in the 21st century right now, and men and women are equal. So you can take care of your own laundry. I'll Sure, I'll wash your clothes with my clothes, but you can fold and put away your laundry. And I'm not going to put a plate of food in the microwave for you. Because if you don't eat it and you forget about it, it's going to be nasty and we'll have to throw it out. And I'm not for wasting food. There's so many people who are hungry in this world. And um, he would get so mad at me. And then like how I said that he said he would tell me I was beautiful every day. Well, it changed from saying that I was beautiful to you need to wear makeup or you need to wear a dress. You're dressing like a dyke because like I'm a tomboy. I I like to wear basketball shorts. I like to be comfortable. Like I don't, if I'm already dating you, I shouldn't have to continue to dress up every freaking day to make you like me. (laughs) Like that's not part of the deal. (laughs) It's a relationship. You see me for the good, the bad and the ugly, like deal with it. So um, he started to... So, like, it, he got, he was emotionally and mentally, like, abusive because he made me feel so worthless and, like, crap. And I was literally crying every day. I would go into work and I'd cry. And people would be, people who are listening right now are like, why would you take that abuse? Why wouldn't you walk away? And like I said before, if you've never been in that situation, it's so easy to say walk away because I used to think that way. And, um, it's just like, 
my situation was I wanted to walk away, but I financially couldn't walk away. And even though, yes, I did pay for some of his bills, yes, I did help him buy a motorcycle just so I would stop having to drive him to and from work between my jobs, um, it was the point of when he moved in, my rent went up to help out the place. And um, I got a new car and that cost, that's a new car bill because my other car, it was completely paid off. And then I wasn't working enough hours at my, at my job at the time where I could afford all these increased bills. And if he left, then I knew that would raise my rent even more. And I also knew it would raise rent for my sister. And I knew she was going through a tough time. So I was like, I can't do this. I can't do this to her. I can't do this to me. Like I can't financially support myself if I break up with him. So I just need the grin and bear it. And I know like there's a good guy in him because I've seen it. So hopefully I can just keep bringing it out. And even his family was like, oh my gosh, we love you. Like you have made him into such a better person. And then um, one day he started hiding his phone from me. And I was like, okay, why are you doing that? And he would just get mad. He's like, why are you coming over here? Why, why do you need to come over here? And I was like, why are you hiding your phone? And he went, he's like, it's nothing. I'm just looking at Facebook. Well, it's not nothing. So he'd go to sleep and he put his phone under the covers. And I was able to get it. And I knew his password because he knew mine because he always wanted to check up on me. And I'm very faithful. I'm a loyal person. I don't cheat. I don't believe in cheating. And uh, opened it up and I found so many dating apps. And I even found a casual encounters and on craigslist and he's like hey do you want to meet up with me and my friend and um i don't i don't remember i think the, on the post it was like we want to be teabagged or something I was, it was just so it was a gross thing and i was like oh my gosh are you serious then went through his text messages and these like females they knew about me because they would like stalk his facebook and they see that he's in a relationship with me and they're like oh well you have a girlfriend and literally all he had to say was oh it's not working out we're gonna be breaking up soon no 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 we're still together so do not be hitting on a person and flirting with a person that you know is in a relationship because now you've just become just as scummy as they are and um he had several messages to people like oh let me see when my girlfriend uh works again let me see her schedule and we can netflix and chill and that was like, I was like, oh my gosh, like he owes me so much money right now. But at this point, like you are trying to Netflix and chill in my bed. Like, are you stupid? <laughs> so he ended up getting in a motorcycle accident um, very shortly after me finding those messages. And I tried to be nice. I tried to be there for him. And then he still went out and met up with other women. So I got a little mad. <laughs> My anger got the best of me. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> he was sleeping. <laughs> and uh, and let me just say beforehand, the motorcycle accident wasn't that bad. He was maybe, he, he was on an on-ramp and he was maybe going 30 miles per hour or less when he hit the truck and fell off. And uh, he just scraped his elbows. Like it's nothing serious. And uh, so I took my elbow and I rammed it into his road rash. <laughs> and he, he was like, fuck. And he woke up and I was like, oh, you just moved. It was you. It wasn't me. <laughs> and um, I waited a week and he told someone that I knew, but he, they were catfishing him too. Because I was like, how else, am I, how else am I supposed to know if I'm ever going to get my money back and all this stuff? He told them, oh, I'm moving out this weekend. So I was like, oh, great. So I need to, like, confront him about this. So I confronted him, and he didn't care. And then he started, like, shoving me, and which he started shoving me um, a little bit before. And I always, like, just get him to stop. And he started shoving me, and I was like, don't hit, like, don't touch me. And, um... I was like, you need to get your stuff and you need to get out. And he, I asked for 
the house key back and the garage door opener back. And he was like, if you don't get out of my face, I'm going to punch you in your face. And I was like, okay. <laughs> so I let him go. And I had a friend come over. So when he came and got his stuff, I was like, I need to come over. Um, we're going to use my roommate's gun just in case. <laughs> and we need to protect ourselves. Like we changed the uh, doors on the locks because his brother was going to be coming. And his brother is more wild than he is and I was like we just need to be safe but luckily he came by himself and we didn't need these the gun <laughs> and I gave him all his stuff and trash bags <laughs> and now you have an exceptional boyfriend one who is known on your channel as Mr. Beardman he supports you and your endeavors including your YouTube channel do you want to talk about how y'all met and your relationship and then after that we'll get into talking about your YouTube channel Sounds good to me. Um, yes, Mr. Beardman, the light of my life. <laughs> um, he, I, I met him through Bumble, so yeah, online. Um, and that time I was actually looking for a relationship online because I'm so shy. I suck with talking to people online, or not online, in person, oh my gosh. I met Mr. Beardman and he took me to Olive Garden and I always said to him, I was like, Anytime, like, I meet someone online, I have rules when I meet people online, and I think they're really good rules. Like, one is never give out your phone number, because then they can always call you and text you and all that crazy stuff. Two is, um, here, like, I mean, give them a Snapchat, make sure they're who they are before you meet them, because otherwise you will get screwed over, and also have them send a recording to you. And, um, three is have them talk to you for... A minimum of seven days before meeting them because if they're serious and they actually do want a relationship they're going to want to try and talk to you for at least a week if not longer but if they came and wait a whole freaking week then they're not worth your time and they're probably just looking to hit it and quit it um and i feel like there's another rule but honestly i can't remember <laughs> i had so many rules um so i oh yeah well, the first time I meet up with a person, I don't call it a date because a date to me is when I'm in an exclusive relationship with the person. So I called it a hangout. And um, he took me to Olive Garden. We met up there because, you know, if you need a getaway car, you better take your own car. And uh, he was really sweet. He was really easy to talk to. And I had a lot of fun. And I was like, oh, and he's good looking. Like, this isn't bad. Like, he's smart. He's an intellectual. He's funny. And he's good looking. Like, I'm hitting all the checkpoints right now. And he's a genuine person, which is the most, like, genuine personality is the most important thing in a person that you can find. And um, so, let's see. He, it took me a while before I told him about the channel, but I did. And he was very supportive, which I was so grateful for because my ex before him wouldn't be. Like, he would just probably tell me to delete the channel and everything. And um, he's actually in some of my videos. He gives me ideas. Um, he's he's just so awesome. <laughs> like, love him to death. Uh, we've been dating for over a year now. Um, he, let's see, sweetest guy ever. Really the sweetest guy ever. He knows how to handle my depression because he deals with it himself. Um, he takes my mood swings so well. And I don't know how he does it because literally I wouldn't be able to. Like, I would want to, like, kill me if I was him. <laughs> but he does it with a smile. and He reminds me he loves me. And uh, I don't know. He's, he's just, like, the person that you would want in your life. And I, I could see myself marrying him easily just because he's so good. His family tried to make us move along a lot quicker than that. <laughs> like no I have a two-year itch which is like the seven-year itch for like other relationships and that's when you hit seven years and you're like oh my gosh I don't love this person anymore I need to move on and I'm like two years in oh it's not working out we need to move on but I feel like with him like I think we'll get through the two-year itch just fine um he works hard and like he helps around the house he'll do the laundry I'll even, like, fold my clothes if I'm being stubborn and he'll clean the dishes. And I'm like, oh, the only thing I need to work on is having him learn how to cook. <laughs> okay, so now we're going to talk about your YouTube channel. You started on YouTube in 2014 and you're currently at over 120,000 subscribers. Talk about YouTube and how you got to this point. So, um, 
back in 2014, well, maybe it was 2013, I don't know, but we did start a channel in 2014. My co-creator, um, Antoine, he came up to me and he was like, hey, like, you have a really relaxing voice, which, by the way, so do you. So if you ever wanted to get into ASMR, you should. <laughs> um, so he was like, you should create, or we should create a YouTube channel. And I just thought he was joking, honestly. I was like, what? Relaxing voice? Who, who, what, who says that? Like, there's no such thing. Like, he's just joking. And I was working retail, and I had quite a few customers. They're like, your voice is so soothing. Like, it's so relaxing to listen to. So then I went back to school, and I told him, I said, hey, like, he was actually rooming with my college sweetheart at the time. I was like, if uh, you're being serious about creating a YouTube channel, like, all right, let's do it. I thought you were joking, but let's do it. And um, here we are six years later. I mean, we did take a probably two-year, two, three-year hiatus, and uh, which I thought, I mean, can't really come back from, but we did, luckily. Um, one of my subs, Kevin, shout out to you, uh, you told me like, hey, why don't you create videos again? Even if you have to use your phone, if you don't have Antoine's equipment, go ahead, because I'll watch them anyways. Because when we created the channel, Antoine had all this nice like camera equipment and mics and everything, and it was such amazing quality. And then I was like, oh my gosh, like who's gonna wanna watch me use my phone? But then I started using my phone and uh, we continued to grow. Antoine did a lot of the marketing and everything. So he was able to um, get more of a fan base for us. And sometime, I don't know, maybe roughly three years ago or two years ago, it was right before 2008, or right start of 2018, we didn't even have 3,000 subscribers. And as of today, we're really close to hitting 123 subscribers. And um, I think it was just like the big change of not being afraid to do different things. And I'm very comfortable in my skin. I'm very comfortable with who I am and I know exactly who I am. So like branching out, doing different types of content, um, like I did, Feet ASMR that has such a huge, uh, oh gosh, what's the word? Uh, it's, it's stigmatized and it's taboo in ASMR. Like people are like, oh my gosh, like feet ASMR, why would you do such a thing? Like, why not? Like people do hand ASMR and people like hands. It's, it's just, to me, it's like, it's just a body part. I'm neutral to all body parts, so I don't really care what it is. It's creating a sound that's soothing to the soul or to the mind or whatever you want to say. And um, that helped me grow a lot. And then I became a giantess, which I honestly didn't even know as be being a giantess in some of my videos. And then people were like, oh, yeah, it's your camera angle. And I was like, okay, oh, we'll just start making this a thing. And then the channel continued to grow. And then I was like, you know what? Like, let's continue doing different role plays and doing different types of content because this is the way that you reach out to more audiences, a bigger audience. And this is how you get the momentum to continue to grow, which YouTube sucks because they decided that because I have feet and I show them, my goodness, how dare I show my feet, um, that they're no longer going to view us as a partner. They're no longer going to monetize our channel. Um, they're no longer going to recommend our, con uh, our content so, like, it's crazy because when they do view us as partners, literally a type of video that I'd only get, like, a couple thousand, maybe 20,000 views, I have over 230,000 views on. Because in the two days they had me as partner, it, like, shot up. And I was like, holy cow. And then they demonetized me in two days. <laughs> and then the views, like, started going down. And uh, it's hard to fight against YouTube because you can't do anything about it. You can't talk to anybody from YouTube. Um, when I hit 100,000 subscribers, I met every single one of the requirements to get the silver play button. And one of the requirements was YouTube's discretion. And under the discretion, they decided they were not going to give us a YouTube play button. And it sucks, but it mainly sucks because I feel like my subscribers deserve it. Not really me, but as my subscribers, because they're the ones who make up the Lisa ASMR family. And they're the ones who help me achieve this award, and they should be able to see it. But it's YouTube. You also have a Patreon and an OnlyFans. 
both of which are unfortunately stigmatized by a lot of people, especially OnlyFans. Do you want to talk about your experience on those platforms and your thoughts on them? Yeah, so um, for Patreon and OnlyFans, like, well, I created, we, Antoine and I created pa- Patreon first uh, two and a half years ago, I think it was now. And we decided, like, that's going to be, like, our feet and leg ASMR content because um, we were getting so much requests for it. We're like, okay, well, we're just going to move it off YouTube and do it there. Be- and also because YouTube's hateful. And um, then because some people prefer OnlyFans, like payment wise and uh, glitches on Patreon, I guess, and not so much on OnlyFans. So we created OnlyFans this year, I think like four months ago. And uh, we have quite a great fan base on both, which is awesome. Um, We have opened up or expanded on our content for both of them. So not only do we do like feet and leg uh, content. We do giantess content. We do vor content, which I don't know if you know, but vor is like being eaten. Um, do like belly content, um, and like I've done like pools and like even like shower videos with like bikinis and bathing suits on. Cause like I'm gonna cover up. I'm not gonna do nude. I don't do nude. It's not my thing. I don't care if other people do nude, but I just don't want that out there. <laughs> personally um and then to deal with like the people who stigmatize it and like our trolls and haters and everything I just I I don't pay attention to it um because if you pay attention to it you're just fueling the flames they want you to react um other content creators who are against it like I just let them say what they want to say because they're saying it and they know that I do it and I'm just like cool you're insulting me to my face but I'm I'll, I'll just let you like it's it's your opinion you're free to your opinions and I'm free to mine and uh I have the right to do the content that I want so I just try not to focus on focus on it too much and what's in store for Lisa ASMR what can your viewers expect from your channel in the future I guess I'm just like continuing to find more content to do for the channel to expand on it. I actually came up with some ideas recently that I've never done and I love creating new triggers for my channel or even new new triggers for all of the ASMR community because I like to think of myself as a pioneer. Well, me and Antoine and me as pioneers in the ASMR community because people are like, oh, if you don't whisper, it's not ASMR. ASMR isn't this or that. It's whatever creates tingles for people or helps them relax or be soothing. Like we help so many people with PTSD, autism, depression, anxiety, et cetera, et cetera. Like, it's awesome. Like don't degrade someone or down someone for being able to help someone with a different trigger than what you have. Um, And any future things for the community to think of for me, viewer wise, um, I guess just like, keep on your toes because as you all know I like to switch things up from time to time. Okay so I know you just wanted to say some kind words about your stepmother because you feel that you were a little harsh on her so the floor is yours. Without my stepmom with her strict guidelines and discipline and uh, everything that she's taught us now I'm able to be an independent person and take care of myself Otherwise, like, I can look at people my age or even older, and they don't even know how to make a meal or do their laundry or pay a bill. And I'm over here like, I can do it all. And if it wasn't for her, like, making sure we knew these types of things, then I would be just as lost. So I'm very grateful for her for doing that. And her and my relationship have gotten so much better since uh, I moved out and have been out of college and everything. And that's my deep dive with Lisa ASMR. Lisa, thank you so much for joining me today. Do you want to plug your socials real quick? Um, Thank you so much for having me. You're so, so sweet Um, and very easy to talk to. Um, YouTube, it's Lisa space ASMR because there's several Lisa ASMRs. So make sure you have that space in there. Um, Instagram is Lisa ASMR. No spaces in that. Um, Patreon is patreon.com slash Lisa ASMR. Onlyfans.com slash Lisa ASMR. Twitter is Lisa ASMR too. 
uh, the number two because someone else took Lisa ASMR. How dare they? And <laughs> um, Twitch, you can watch me live streaming on Twitch. It's Lisa underscore ASMR. Um, I'm no longer doing live streams on YouTube because of how YouTube wants to remove my content and take away my privileges. So yeah. Well, Lisa, once again, thank you so much for coming on the podcast, and honestly, thank you for being so, so vulnerable. I have a feeling that people are really going to connect to you after they hear this interview. Thank you so much, and I can't wait to see your ASMR content. I'll definitely be following. Do you also want to follow my ASMR content? I just started an ASMR YouTube channel. It's called Sephora ASMR. And you can either look it up on YouTube or I'll have it linked in the episode notes of this podcast. So far, I've made videos like Taylor Swift Folklore ASMR and Reading 50 Movie Quotes While Mic Brushing ASMR. And I have a ton of other creative and hopefully tingly ideas in store, such as a Hermione Granger Roleplay ASMR. You can also find my personal YouTube, personal Instagram, and other personal social medias all linked down below. You can find Character Diary on Instagram at Character Diary Podcast. Do you want to be interviewed and share your story on Character Diary? I have linked a submission form in the episode notes of this episode. Fill it out for a chance to be interviewed. I want to hear everyone's story, so please fill out the form if you're willing to share your story. You can also email dearcharacterdiary at gmail.com if you don't understand the form although I think it's pretty self-explanatory. But, I mean, you never know. So if you want to be on the podcast but you don't want to fill out the form, email dearcharacterdiary at gmail.com or if you just want to contact me. I have another podcast called Film Diary where I deep dive into the stories behind different films. I'm just finishing up some research for that podcast, so I haven't begun releasing episodes yet. However, I will be releasing episodes soon, so be sure to subscribe to that podcast so you won't miss an episode. I've linked Film Diary in the episode notes of this show. You can also find Film Diary on Instagram at Film Diary Podcast. Be sure to check out at the Sephora Diaries on Instagram, which is the account for the whole Sephora Diaries brand. I'm also currently working on a website for the Sephora Diaries and... Hopefully, it will be finished by the time this episode is released. I think it will be. It will be called thesephorodiaries.com, and you can check the episode notes of this podcast for the link. The website will have content relating to character diary and film diary, as well as access to films I make, articles I write, and any of my other creative endeavors that I want to share. Thanks again to everyone who listened, and Lisa, thanks again for doing this. It's been a blast.